Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi everyone, Dan here. We've started recording the next season of Green Eggs and Dan, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But while you wait, I want to tell you about this podcast called Table Flipping, hosted by Taylor Mishak, who plays Allie on Dave and is a guest on season four of my podcast, and writer Alyssa Lippman. Table Flipping recaps current episodes of reality TV and interviews fellow writers, actors, and comedians about their favorite reality TV shows. Find out who went home on The Bachelor, if JLo and A-Rod are on or off, and reminisce over shows like The Simple Life or The Hills all in one place. Table Flipping shamelessly celebrates guilty pleasure TV and praises the women of reality TV who boldly bear it all. Previous episodes of Table Flipping feature guests such as Dana Cathan of Vanderpump Rules, Sean Clements, host of Hollywood Handbook, comedian Ryan O'Flanagan, 500 Days of Summer writer Michael H. Weber, and many, many more. Table Flipping is brought to you by The Podglomerate. New episodes run every Friday, and you can listen by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and everywhere podcasts are. All right, today we have a pod with one of the funniest people I know, um, comedian, actor, writer, and host of The Flagrant Ones and Hollywood Handbook, Sean Clemens, who's here to talk to us about Siesta Key today. Hi, Sean. Hey, hi. How's it going? Good. How's your quarantine going? You know, it's going okay. Um, My little joke is that I... uh, I really never expected to raise my child um, mm-hmm. directly. Uh, <laughs> I, I assumed I'd be outsourcing that. Um, yeah. But it's funny because I had this job. I was writing for a show that was going to film in Boston, and I was about to leave for 12 weeks to be on set. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to miss so much time with my son. Uh, and then, of course, that didn't happen. We didn't. They shut down or pushed production because of the quarantine, and so it's the opposite. I'm spending every minute with. You're there for every milestone. That's amazing. How yeah. old is he now? Uh, he's one. He just he's 13 months now. That's awesome. Aww. And how is how old is Bosch, your dog? Bosch is three. He talks about that a lot. I'll say. <laughs> So now that I'm three, it's like that's how he starts a lot of his sentences if he wants something. Um, And what's going on really quick before we get into the show with these um, possums that I keep seeing videos of around your home, I assume? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can edit this down. It's sort of a long story about the possum. Like, well, there seems to be a family of possums that lives over the back fence. That has been going on for a while. I've seen them out before. Um, I got a very good picture of one on top of the fence the other day. Also, people always respond and go like, "It's not good to see them out during the day." But in fact, if you <laughs> do a like little an research, omen? like, what do you mean well, not good to see be- them out? Because like, they are nocturnal sign? animals. Like oh. usually, like if you see a raccoon out during the day, that raccoon is probably rabbit. Oh. Um, possums actually almost never have rabies because their natural body temperature is so low that most viruses can't live in them. Wow. 
Wow. Kind of interesting, right? Yeah. That's impressive. If you, if you see them during the day, it usually means, especially around here, that, like, somebody's gardener disturbed their, like, nest they were sleeping in. Mm-hmm. And now they've, like, woken up super disoriented, like you would in the middle of the night, and they're kind of wandering around, like, what the fuck? Like, why am I awake? <laughs> Aww, um, possums. So, anyway, I've seen a couple. I got a good picture of one. Then, the other day, um, my baby woke up at, uh, like, 5.30 a.m., which is too early. He usually wakes up at 6.30. It was my morning with him. I went playing with him. He starts to melt down. I go, okay, maybe he'll go back to sleep. I go to lie down with him so he'll go back to sleep on me. He's just falling asleep. I'm like, yes, this fucking rocks. We're going to get like another hour of sleep or 20 minutes, but whatever. I hear barking in the backyard, like crazy barking. I'm like, shit. This fucking dog. And I'm like, my wife is going to be mad at me because it's like her morning she gets to sleep. So she's mm-hmm. going to be like, why aren't you getting the dog? <laughs> so I go and I go and I pull him away. He's like in the back corner of the yard. And I'm like, get in here. And I like don't want to bring him inside either because then if somebody walks a dog by the house, he barks inside the house. So I'm like, just stay here. Like, calm down. He was like, all right, I'm good. I go back in. The baby's falling asleep again. I'm like, yes, this is going to work. He starts barking again. I walk back. Now I walk back to the corner of the yard like, what's going on? And I see in the corner of the yard, there's this little tiny baby possum. Aww. So cute. (laughs) It's at this time, maybe it's like 6.30 a.m. now. Like we, we had played for a little while. So... I start like Googling, like, what do you do with a baby possum? Because like they, you know, they're not supposed to be out during the day generally. And, and it is the morning, the sun is up and he looks really scared. So it says like, if a possum is, I'm going to get the number wrong, but like if it's shorter than six inches <laughs> from nose to butt, tail not included, it needs immediate <laughs> assistance. What? So it's like, I'm like, fuck, man. And the thing's all scrunched up, like, backed up. So I'm like, I can't really see how long it is. It looks like it's, like, five and a half inches. So I'm like, shit. So then, and I also don't know how to provide assistance. So I start, like, Googling, like, different animals. I don't know if you've ever had to call, like, an animal, like, humane society thing. But they're very territorial. So, like, the first one that I got to answer was in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, telling them what's going on. They're like, oh, yeah, that possum might need help. And they go, where are you? And I say where I live. And they go, we can't talk to you anymore. Oh, my God. What? They're like, you need to call someone else. So then I call, like, this general Los Angeles one. They go, look, the possum's scared. He's not going to go anywhere. He's scared. Just leave him alone. He's going to wait till nighttime, and then he'll move. If he's still there tomorrow morning, then you need to call someone. (laughs) Here's, we won't help you, but here's the number of, like, a possum lady. She is the possum lady who will come and rescue the possum no. for you. So, like, and she's, uh, is she just a normal lady, or is she I employed think she's like by... someone who they've worked with before who does like animal rescue stuff, but is like somehow has a specialty in possums. And okay. so they're sure. So they give me her number. They're like, call her tomorrow. So, you know, I call her like right away. <laughs> I'm like, why am I talking to this schmuck when there's a fucking possum lady somewhere near me? No answer. Just get the voicemail. I leave a long voicemail. But basically, I've been told, like, leave him alone. Also, I'm, like, holding the baby the whole time. He starts to melt down. I'm, like, trying to make breakfast for him. I'm trying to keep the dog away from the back corner. We have this feral cat in our yard. We have a couple cats inside, but we have this feral cat in our yard named Tony who, like, 
kills a lot of like rats and squirrels and stuff. So I'm like watching for Tony so he doesn't get it. Oh my That's god! That's nice. But I, I've been told he's gonna stay there. So I'm like, all right, I guess we'll wait. As I'm waiting, I look out the window again. He's just walking around in the middle of the fucking yard, like wandering around. I was like, this the baby idiot. possum? Yes, the baby possum is just like in the middle of the yard, just kind of sniffing flowers and eating little bugs off a leaf. And I was just like, this dumbass is going to get fucking smoked by Tony. So, so then like we actually like start, my wife now gets up and I, I'm like, the, the possum and I tell her the whole story and we start calling other places she finally gets this really great woman on the phone because the I, I like texted with someone who went this is around the time of the year they fall off their mother's back so their their mom because they're the only marsupial in North America I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their mom carries them around on her back and then at some point they fall off and then a they just start like time of year like there's a it's possum like, falling season in the springtime, they become adolescents. Oh, my They God. stop being, like, carried and fed by their mothers. They just, they basically, at some point, just fall off in the middle of the night, and then they go fend for themselves and live their own life. Oh, my and God. What hopefully... a horrible, like, adolescence. <laughs> That's brutal. That was so It's terrible. a really tough way to enter the world. I mean, they're, they're already in the world, but, like, it's yeah, a tough way like to enter Yeah, just, like, fall out of a tree, and you hit the ground, and, and then you're just like, good fucking luck with Tony and the world. Yeah. <laughs> In this whole process, did you so name I was the baby like, possum? Like, I didn't. I should have. I was scared to because I was like, he will likely be dead within the hour. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. Uh, basically, I, they were like, they sometimes they fall off at this time of year. They fend for themselves. It was like, well, we have this feral cat that kills animals. They go, that's part of fending for themselves. Like that, unfortunately, that could happen. Then my wife gets on the phone with this woman who goes. He's a teenager. He's a teenager. He knows he's supposed to be in bed, but he's staying out late looking for pizza, basically. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. She's like, no, best way to think of it, he stayed up late and he's going out for a late slice of pizza. He knows where he's supposed to be. And then I was like, oh yeah, he's like a fucking scamp. Like he's like a rebellious teen who's oh not following God. the rules. He's staying up past his bedtime. So then I felt okay about it. Tony actually didn't bother him. And then we saw him, a neighbor posted a photo on next door like an hour later that he was like up on the corner and he like, he went through a couple yards. I, hopefully he just found some place to chill finally. But um, anyway, that was the baby possum story. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for giving me the backstory on all these like drunk possum videos I've seen on your Instagram. Um, we The show <laughs> we're going to talk about today is almost as dramatic as that. Um <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Siesta Key is about? Sure, yeah. So um, anyway, we we watch a lot of reality TV in my house. Mm -hmm. I used to have a reality show podcast called The Reality Show Show. Um, uh, Oh, I didn't know that. kind of ripping me off. Yeah, Hayes and I. Oh, I see. Yeah, wow. Now I feel bad. Sorry. Hayes and I did (laughs) it together. That's okay. We stopped it. People didn't like it. Yours is better. Um, (laughs) But... We've watched a lot of reality TV, and and as happens, like we, you sort of run out at a certain point where you go, like none of my shows are on, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were in quarantine. I am a fan of MTV shows. I I watched the challenge pretty religiously. That's maybe my number one. That's my day one. Um, 
Uh, and then obviously that came out of Real World, and and I watched a lot of that. But I hadn't watched an MTV reality show in a while. We watched Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Grace, my wife, just basically said. You know, a lot of the, like, gossip blogs that I read that keep up with the lives of our Vanderpump friends and our Southern Charm friends uh, who we discuss and our Bachelor contestant people, the Siesta Key cast members pop up in this stuff a lot, too. Like, they just seem to be kind of in the tabloids a little bit. I wonder if we want to try that show. I would describe it as I was not someone who really faithfully watched The Hills, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I would have loved it. I've tried to go back. The pacing of reality TV has changed in a way where it is hard to go and watch, like, really old seasons of shows. That's true. Um, It was a game changer, but, like, now people have kind of perfected and improved upon the structures they had. So Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it is close to The Hills. I mean, as I was freaking out about how much I liked Siesta Key when we started watching it, my wife was like, God, you would have loved The Hills, which yeah. I'm like, I know, I know. It's, um, I would say this has more story turns. I think in The Hills they tried to manufacture more dramatic stuff, and that's, you know, you sort of feel like the chopped upness of it because we've gotten more savvy to that kind of thing. But um, Yeah, well, when I watch Old Real World, I've, I realized, like, it wasn't linear. Like, they were kind of montaging through moments in a day. Yeah. Like, I didn't remember it that way, but... Um, they, the feeling of like watching an actual story arc play out in, uh, in, in like a structured timeline, the way it happens now, that's not how it was. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. And we did, we went back and watched like a little Laguna Beach and a little The Hills Mm -hmm. like a year ago. And it was like, it was more vignettes. It wasn't as much of like a story. Right. So this is like a soap opera set in a Florida resort town known as Siesta Key. Um, the pilot was, I think, self-produced by the father of, uh, Alex Campo. Yes. 1-800-GARY. (laughs) 1-800-GARY. Yes. Um, so he's sort of the star of the show. And then, uh, there, there's just like his circle of friends and girls that he's dating. Although it's not from his POV really ever. It's mostly from Juliet's who is like his main, his Juliet, his like Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm, on again, mm-hmm. off again, star-crossed lover. Which is the name of the pilot. I know we want to talk about Juliet as the star of the show, but both Taylor and I were sort of taken aback by how excellent Chloe is. Like, she, all roads run through Chloe. She's Chloe's like the gossip fascinating. queen. Well, we, so we started with season two because it was available on demand. So we like, we watched the first few episodes of that. Then, of course, we purchased um season one it went backwards (laughs) to get to get context Uh but in season two i was going wow i wonder how chloe started out because she has this kind of like queen bee like center of the friend circle yes status but she has tension with so many of them and and there's like a lot of fighting going on and you go like i wonder what I missed in season one that like explained why everyone is like beholden to her and like why things do run through her in this way. And I was excited to go back and see that. And it really never makes sense. Like you never, (laughs) 
Like, they, you never go like, oh, here she's totally cool with everyone and they all love her. And then things got messed up. It's like, no, it starts out with them all being like, you need to go to therapy. Like, yeah. you need anger management like, I feel uh, like help. part of her key to success is that she is omnipresent. I feel like while yes. watching it, I, there would they would cut to a scene with Juliet getting her hair done. And then all of a sudden, there she is. Like, she's just sitting in the corner and she's in every single scene and it's doing such a good job at just stirring the pot and she's also introduced in the voiceover of season two as the pot stirrer which at first annoyed me I was like don't tell me who the that's so effortful of you to have to label who it is and within 45 seconds I was like oh Chloe is should be a producer on this show she's unfucking I'm convinced that she is just secretly 40 and she is an executive producer that's like uncredited or something like that like she's <laughs> so good at what she does I think part of it is because she doesn't have sex with all these people you know like every mm. other girl on the show is swapping boyfriends constantly yes and they're like in a state of mania which gives Chloe like all the ammo to be like well I heard that this was going on that person and she doesn't care it doesn't affect her like romantically you know what I mean yeah she I mean I mean, I think when you guys talk about her being omnipresent, I believe she makes herself available to the producers of the show in the same way that she makes herself available to all of her friends. Like she, she's everyone's friend who they call if something has gone wrong. Like that's sort of her role. Like she is the shoulder to cry on for every single cast member of the show, which is smart. And I, I think that she in that way also gets them at their most vulnerable and gets all of their information and then takes this stance that is unassailable where she always just goes like, well, I think this person deserves to know this. If I were in their position, I would want to know. Yeah. And uses that to share every piece of gossip she has with (laughs) everyone else. And it's really like, it's never totally wrong. Like, you're not like, what the fuck? No, you wouldn't want to know that. You're yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I guess you would. But also it was told to you in confidence. It's also like, um, why are you smiling while you're saying it? Yes, you know? she loves it. She's, oh, yes. That's, that's one of the most relatable things about her is yeah. that she's so juiced up by the gossip. Like, Yeah, even when, like, Juliet literally punches her in the head, the, her <laughs> reaction is like, I called the police. I filed a police report, but I'm not going to press charges because now I can use this as leverage over her. And I'm like, what What kind of leverage do you get from not pressing charges? Like, what are you going to get out of Juliet other than, like, some money from a court case? Like, the, I don't understand. Oh, I know. The realest thing in the world is, like, right after she gets punched in the head and, like, four people, like, somebody shows up in a car, two people follow her out. And she makes everyone feel the bump on her head and they yeah. all feel it and they all talk about how they can feel the bump and how there really is a big bump there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. I will oh say I God. do really enjoy that this show and this is like not probably not the perspective that I'm supposed to have, but these girls can actually fight. It's not like a play fight. It's not like slapping. It's like they're ready to haul off and like break each other's faces at any moment of any conflict. No, yes. you sent me a very funny email after the first scene where Chloe has like had her nose broken and you were like, 
I'm watching this scene where Chloe got her nose broken and thinking, this is why you film a reality show in Florida, not Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, a, it's just like a different level. Like they're really bringing us the content that we deserve. What do we make of Juliet? She's super interesting to me. You said that uh, she was like clearing away the star and the show starts getting narrated from her perspective in season two. Um, what do we think that she has that other people don't have? Is it just her looks? Is it how articulate she can be? Is it the amount of crying she does? She's a good, she's a good like performer. Like she, she does a good job with the like VO narration for Mm -hmm. one thing, which not, you know, your Garrett's can't necessarily do. Um, She is very beautiful. She's also like a bad person, like a dyed in the wool. Like I think she is bad. Um, And she doesn't see it that way. So you get like really juicy stuff where like to her what she's doing and saying makes sense and you could relate to it she doesn't realize what she's revealing about herself which is often like the best part of reality tv is people believe they are in control of how they're being perceived and are like sort of playing the audience and the camera when actually they're accidentally telling you a truth about themselves they wouldn't want you to know. I think she is so, so hot, and she has no idea what to do with it, and she's using that power for evil. And I think you see it in uh, season two, The Alex and Juliet are fighting about Kara, right? Kara? Mm-hmm. And she is talking Who's to so Alex, hot, who way. is also so hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so of course she's fighting with her, because she's like, she's also so hot. Um when she turns to Alex in a private conversation and Alex is going, listen, I really think that Chloe's just bringing her around to stir up the pot. I, you know, I think that Kara might even be just like a pawn in the game for Chloe. And uh, Juliet interrupts him and is like, I just need you to make sure that you say something very mean to Kara. And it's like, what? Like, oh, yeah. You have to say something mean to her. That was awesome. And it's like, dude, that's so, is that to her is exactly what you're talking about, where she thinks that's her being fair and like just and like, I'm, it's like, you know, you are so insanely egocentric and evil and being mean. You're telling him to be mean to her publicly. And she's saying it so passionately and unapologetically. It's like, she is just so out of touch. I've also never seen a more exciting yeah. intro to someone's entrance to a season than Kara just peeling her nose job band-aid off her sh- off her nose oh. like the very first shot of season three. I'm like, they're not pulling any punches with these no. characters. Dude. And they get in that amazing argument, her and Garrett, and she's like, you didn't even say anything about my nose job? Imagine if you got a buzz cut and I didn't say anything. It's like, oh, that was so good. Uh, they're also, I, I, have ha- a- I had to write down their very first date. Carrot and Garrett, she goes, what if you had three wishes from a genie? What would you yes. wish? And he just thought for so long. And then he goes, probably a jet ski. <laughs> and then he goes, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, dude, Alex has like 900 jet skis. If you just yeah. want to be friends with him, you don't have to wish for it, you know? And she was like, cool. Probably a jet ski. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> His three wishes were a jet ski, a jet ski, that'd be pretty cool. A place in California as well that he mm-hmm. could visit. Mm-hmm. He's like, own, own a place in California, like own a house or apartment in California. Apartments on the table for him as a genie wish. <laughs> Shoot and higher. then his third is like, spend more time with you, Takara. Yeah. 
And she's like, aw, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm in love with Jared. I love Jared so much. I wanted to watch him uh, kill Robbie with his bare hands. I will leave Mike for Jared. I, I'm so sad for him. And the more he gets rejected, the more I'm like, I'm right here, Jared. <laughs> I, I want to double back really quickly just to the Juliet being a bad person thing. And we talked about Garrett. There's one moment where she is broken up with Alex because he hooked up with Kelsey while she was dating Garrett. Right. Then Juliet and <laughs> Garrett start dating. And Juliet says to Garrett, like, people are going to think that we only started hooking up to yes. get back at Alex and Kelsey. And then she sort of cocks her head and looks at him like, that's what we're doing, right? And he goes... I mean, I'm not doing that. I like you. And she goes, right, of course, yeah. And it's like... Oh, my God. And then later the most she just amazing. openly says that she did that to her friend. Yeah, she says it afterwards. Like, she's like, no, that's what I was doing. I thought yeah. he was going to be like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Like, she so badly wanted him... Like, she's like, that's what's normal. I, anyway, uh, that's all. Ugh. I just didn't want to I will also that. say that uh, it was she... Important to me. Her <laughs> confidence in being able to be like, yeah, no matter who Alex is dating or thinks he's falling in love with or whatever, even if he's going to like... I mean, we'll talk about this. Straight up have a baby with somebody. She's like, yeah, but I could still fuck him. And she does. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I've never yeah, had that true. kind of power over and anybody. And vice versa. And why would you want to exercise versa, it? And Robbie. Yeah. On on such an ogre of a person, he's so gross and stupid. He's rich, Taylor. I, I he's just got he, the money. Oh, uh, he's so stupid though. And if you're just going to fuck him one time every once in a while to like prove you have power, that's not like going to get you a yacht. Like I don't. It just doesn't make it. I can't do the the math in my head. It's bananas. Well, Paulie, I can't believe this got left in the show. That Paulie says he looks like Shrek early in the run of the <laughs> show. <laughs> And then it's all you can see afterwards. Like, they go to a Halloween party, and Paulie goes, like, I can't believe he didn't dress as Shrek. I mean, the guy fucking looks just like him. Look at him. And I'm like, why did you and your dad leave this in? That's what we're going to think of you now. Yeah. Um, wow. Polly yeah. is such a character. Everything he does is just totally botched. Like, he could be literally a I think you should leave sketch in every single situation. That's I'm like, such a good comparison. He, his grandma, who I love that they, like, intro her with, uh, equally as dramatic slow-mo walking sequence anytime she comes into the scene yes. is like, hey, I have to take you off the trust fund because you're an embarrassment to our family. You keep getting arrested and your dead parents would be ashamed of you. And he's like, mom, I worked out, or grandma, I worked out with Garrett one time. And she's like, great, you're back in the trust fund and I bought you an $80,000 car. <laughs> it's like, what's this per You guys have created this monster. Like, make him go get a job or something. It's crazy. He's He's very interesting. Um, he's one of the most sort of entertaining people on the show in a lot of ways because like every time somebody tells him like you need to get a job he goes I have to be honest I don't want to do that <laughs> um, he just he goes they're, they're like you have to stop smoking weed he goes I'm not going to because I do not want to but I hear what you're saying and I'm gonna stop driving with it and so like but the show is so good that in season three he's not in it and I didn't notice for four and a half episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I was like, shit, there's not even any Polly. And he was one of the people who I was always excited to see on screen because <laughs> you knew something was coming. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so we had a minor technical difficulty. Uh, Taylor's internet crapped out, but we couldn't finish the podcast without talking about Robbie Hayes, who's on season three of this show, but has also been on The Bachelor and on Vanderpump Rules and might be the thirstiest person in reality TV. Um, what did you think of Robbie popping up to date someone almost 10 years younger than him on Siesta Key? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll start off by just saying, like, yeah, the first episode of season three, it's revealed that Juliet has a new boyfriend. It's Robbie Hayes. Uh, and <laughs> that Madison, who was sort of the grounded down to earth one, is now <laughs> in Los Angeles dating a former producer of the show. Yes. Who's like 20... Five Four years or older six? than her. Yeah, years older than it, her. Two, yeah. Maybe, oh, 21, 21, yeah. So um, at any rate, that that is so shocking, you like can't even wrap your head around it. Then it's like, Juliet's got a new boyfriend who's only 10 years older than her. That might be normal. But it is Robbie Hayes, who was, yeah, as you said, on uh, The Bachelorette and then Bachelor in Paradise, uh, where he dated Amanda Stanton, who sort of looks like Juliet. That's true. Um, yeah. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... And then he popped up on Vanderpump Rules dating Sheena briefly, uh, or as like a suitor. I don't know if they <laughs> dated. He doesn't get listed in her like list of guys she's run through. Um, Adam Wait, her, does. And she was, made a list. Oh, yeah, she did make a list. Um, I was going to yeah, say that she he mentions Adam. shaded her on this uh, in this series because he was like the last person I was in love with was Jojo and I was like damn Sheena can't catch a break either even on like other reality shows I know but when we saw him on this Grace my wife was like is he a genius like how (laughs) like how do you get onto three different shows all like you know very popular shows in the social media world and he's someone who's an influencer and has a social media influencer company it's very savvy he's obviously a weird creepy scumbag as well yeah but it's like how did you pull this off um sort of speaks in like uh inspirational quotes yes it's so weird i mean he must think that that makes him like very camera friendly or something but it just makes him look like a fucking doofus dude the when he strings together he's like uh, the foolish man is often met with silence while the wise man, like, it's just, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how are you doing this with a straight face? Yeah. Um, I think it's because he's dumb and he probably has nothing else to say because he's not thinking about anything. One of my favorite things, too, about this show, and um, maybe this is a good way to sort of, like, wrap this conversation up, is... Uh, First of all, they're so, they drive so many places on boats, which seems so exciting to me. And when I Kara know. wanted to quit, instead of having a golf cart come get her, they had, like, the equivalent of a boat golf cart for, like, two <laughs> yes. people. Um, and another thing is, like, when we watch Vanderpump Rules or Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, more so Vanderpump, you know the places in L.A. that they're going to. So it's not like I'm getting tricked into thinking the Wellsborn is, like, so um, beautiful and exciting. But when I'm watching Siesta Key, I'm like, as soon as quarantine's over, we're taking a vacation in Siesta Key. Like, oh, my I'm- God. <laughs> We've discussed this so much. And my, my sister lives in Florida, and I just, like, I texted her, like, a week ago. I was like, how far are you from Siesta Key? <laughs> She's like, it's about two hours. A lot of people I know take vacations there. I was like, great. Visiting the nieces and nephew and uh, going 
to that going new to bar. Siesta Key. Yeah, yeah, the new bar that they Crescent Club. I, do you have a read on whether or not because you know, like obviously they sell Sir as like a very like desirable restaurant that everyone wants to go to in West Hollywood, but that's not really the case in reality the unless you watch. Bad. Yeah, unless unless you watch the show. Is there what is Siesta Key like in real life? She okay. Yeah, I I texted. Uh, my sister Erin, um, I can probably pull up the text, but she she did say, like, it's a nice vacation spot. Like, some of my friends really love it. Um, I found the text. And so here you go. It's a popular vacation place. I've seen lots of friends visit and post pictures. My friend Victoria goes every year, and I have a few friends that say it's their favorite family vacation place. Lots of stuff to do, but we've never been. So anyway, that's the recommendation for Siesta Key. I'll see everyone there the second quarantine ends. The stay-at-home order is lifted. We're all going We're to all Siesta Key. We're all going to Siesta Key. Amazing. I want to go to that line dancing bar. And yes, it White Buffalo is the line dancing bar. You will find me there. I will get a cowboy hat. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And everybody listen to Hollywood Handbook and the flagrant thanks. ones. And anything else? Do you have anything else coming up that you want to talk about or where people can find your very funny Twitter or anything online? Uh, no. My uh, Yeah, my Twitter is, is uh, at Sean Clements. I have posted a couple of clips from Siesta Key on there. Uh, and yeah, and Hollywood Handbook. And if you like basketball, which doesn't exist anymore, or if you just want to hear us talk about what we would say if basketball existed, uh, you can subscribe to The Flagrant Ones. Um, uh, but that's it. Thanks for having me. Well, perfect. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.